0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. We're continuing on with our theme of, uh, I don't have my intro music, so we're just doing whatever we feel like, and to be honest, I'm having a lot of fun with it, so this is just what we do. And as always, thank you all very much for tuning in, and thank you to everybody that has been sending in questions and whatnot, or in the case of Josh, reminding me six times that I forgot to answer his question and then being like, dude, I got you. I got this, dude. Next time, for sure, I'm going to answer your question, and then, I, and then I don't. So I don't want to say too many words without moving on because I'm going to forget what his question was again. So let's just launch into it. I did actually touch on it a little bit, but it was more of a, I answered somebody else and I kind of referenced this. Like, somebody asked me this, something like that. But I want to, I want to take it head on because I, I said nine times that I would answer it. But Josh says, uh, I don't know if this is a shared sentiment, but the better the NFC North gets, the better we get. I'm actually excited for the NFC North to be a rough division again. Did we not go to the Super Bowl on the backs of knocking off the Bears in the championship game? Did Tampa not just get into the Super Bowl uh, and in the same division as the Saints, I'm too lazy to do the work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't think that that's a terrible sentiment. I do think it's a benefit to be, uh, hardened, right? In other words, you know, when you get into the playoffs, especially you need to be playoff football ready. If you had the option of playing, let's say a uh, bunch of college football teams, and, you know, go 17-0 and 0 and get into the playoffs, would you do it? I, I would think the answer should be no, because you're just going to get knocked out right away because you're just not really prepared. So I think in that same vein, I think it probably does help you to kind of go through that whole blood and guts sort of way of getting somewhere. Um But I, I have a feeling if you did some homework... You wouldn't find too much of a correlation. I know you gave a couple examples, but the biggest thing that comes immediately to my mind is the fact that one of the weakest divisions over the last 10, 20 years has been the AFC East, which is where the uh, Patriots have just destroyed everybody. So they beat up on their weak division, they go into the playoffs, they dominate everybody, and then win Super Bowls. So yeah, I'm I'm sure it helps, but I'm... Would I say that I want the Bears, Vikings, and Lions to get real good so that we're that much better if we get into the playoffs? Eh. I mean, look, if if you could guarantee that we're still going to be the best in the NFL, or excuse me, in the NFC North, and we would get at least further than everybody else in the playoffs, if not Super Bowl, whatever the case may be, then yeah, I would love it to be a tough division. But eh, I kind of like the Bears being trash, man. I kind of like it. I wouldn't mind, I guess, if the Lions had a little bit of a turn, but I'm scared about them becoming, like, a real good team for a long time. I don't want that. And that stuff can come out of nowhere. So, I, you know, be careful what you wish for, I guess, is where I would go with that. We'll, we'll call it a silver lining if that does happen. If the Vikings and Bears and or, let's say, two of the teams become really, really good, we'll just lie and be like, good, it makes us better. But deep down, I think the honest answer is this sucks. Uh got a... Question comment from Tyler in the Facebook group, I believe, says, I've noticed that the 2021 draft classes RAS scores are way lower than our previous drafts. Aside from Stokes, do you see this too, and why do you think that is? So, did a good amount of homework on this one. Um, If you look at the group, uh, the RAS scores... In order of when they were drafted, 937, 537, 872, 796, 427, 849, 733, 731. So, for those that don't know, RAS is just sort of a, I don't want to say arbitrary, but it's a score out of 10 to basically lay out how athletic somebody is. The Packers are seen as a team that generally likes to draft people with high RAS scores. Not that they necessarily use RAS, but there's a correlation between them liking highly athletic people and those people having RAS scores for obvious reasons. I think, um, first of all, this hasn't always been a thing. I I went back and looked all the way back to 2000 and, uh, I went, I think I went back to 2003. I wanted to go back through all of Ted Thompson. Um, I went back to 2002 just to see what happened before Ted Thompson, but, um, if you look more recently, it's pretty wild, the high RAS scores. For example, in 2020, 845-916, 852-849, 375-898. So the 375 is the one sort of, you know, whatever. He's he's not super athletic, but we like him anyways. But outside of that, the lowest was what? A 845? Uh, That's pretty high. Prior to that, it was even crazier. Um, you had 995835934528922815971 two, so 1 2 3 4 of the 8 players were in the 9s 7 of the 8 were in at least an 8 or higher then in 20 1895492797384458869398975903989 uh, so Almost all 9s, which is just crazy. Same thing for 2017. The thing is, though, prior to 2017, it wasn't quite so crazy. So I looked at the averages and I also looked at the medians because, the again, the averages kind of get thrown off a little bit by the, the random 3s and things that get to, uh, thrown in there. So I wanted to also use median. So if you just look at those two things, especially median is quite a bit lower this year than in previous years so if we just do average first of all starting in 2016 it's 809 835 890 849 and then 789 which would be the lowest which is 2020 and then 735 this past year if you look at the medians uh, in that same time period 808 895 93 879 851 and then 765 however if you go back to 2015 You've got uh, an average of 7.48, which is slightly higher than 2021. If you go back to 2014, 6.49 was the average. 6.38 was the median. 4.87, I think that was the HaHa Clinton-Dix year, I'm not sure, but 4.87, 6.54, 4, 6, 4.665, 9, 9, 2.8, and 9.93. Prior to that 708, prior to that 689, 585, 774, 671. So from 2009 through uh 2000 and let's say 15, 2021 would be one of the higher years. So as far as the question of what does this mean, I, I think it means we we try to make more of this than we probably should. Because at the end of the day. The Packers probably do hail or prize athleticism more so than other teams, which is why there is a correlation. But at the end of the day, it still comes back to the best available player. That's why you'll find, for example, in 2014, the first round pick was a 4-8-7. Why would they do that? Because at the end of the day, as much as we like athleticism, we're still just looking for good football players. If we can get both, we're going to take both. There's also a real good... uh, Case to be made that it depends on what the team is is looking for at that time. So I know, for example, there was a major shift after Colin Kaepernick embarrassed us in the playoffs. Um, you heard constantly from Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers about the need for speed. I feel the need, the need for speed. And so they tried to find people, most notably, you know, the outside linebackers and things, to be able to contain to be able to chase at linebacker and whatnot. Um, It was becoming a common thing in the NFL, but the Packers were, I don't want to say leading the charge, as though they were ever real innovative or impressive on defense. But that also could be part of it. You know, is it a matter of they just like fast guys? Or is it we feel the need that our team does need more speed? Don't worry, I'm not going to play it again. I don't know. But um, I do get the impression that they just feel that if you're more athletic, you have a better chance of doing well on a football field. And I'm I, I, not a huge fan of that way of thinking, but it's hard to get too mad about it. As long as the number one priority is to get good football players, I'm fine with it. And I'm assuming that's what they're doing. Rather than finding the best fast guy, it's finding the fastest, really good football player. So yeah, and, and again, it kind of ebbs and flows. So was this a down year? Kind of a little bit. It's a little bit down from 2020, which is a decent chunk down from 2016 through 2019. But that whole stretch from 20, 2009 through 2014, 15, whatever, was about the same or lower. And then it was higher. And then prior to Ted Thompson, it was real high, but you didn't have a lot of RAS scores because you didn't have a lot of measurables. But, you know, it's it's... As good of an answer as I can give you, considering the answer to the question really is, I don't know. I don't think it means all that much. I do think they got Stokes largely because of his athletic I mean, because he's good, again, I think that's the number one thing. They really like him. But I think if the guy didn't run as fast, he maybe wouldn't be as high. But at the same time, Myers had a five three seven. I don't think they really hesitated all that much. I think they like him and they don't really care that he doesn't run a you know a four, three two at center. I um, had a comment in the Facebook group. It wasn't really directed at me necessarily. It was just for discussion, but it's in the group, and I'm going to pick it up. And I don't mean to pick on you or start a fight or anything. It's just you mentioned it, and I just want to, since you think it, I'm assuming other people probably think it, so I'm going to address it. But uh, Andrew said he disagreed with me on a lot of things. Um, he says, with or without Rodgers, I don't see this team as a serious contender. His first bullet point says, we only have one real nose tackle, and he's a fifth-round rookie. Thrilled though I am at seeing Clark move off the nose, our defensive line is talent poor to say the least. So I think if, let me just run through this all because I, uh, I think there's one giant theme and I don't want to dwell on this too much, especially since I've kind of said all this already. Uh, number two, I don't see a single good inside linebacker on the roster. Maybe Martin, but it looks, off, uh, but it looks awful in the middle. Uh, number three, none of our linebackers can cover inside or outside. Number four, our left tackle is starting the year banged up. Turner was demolished by Tampa. We're starting a rookie at center, and Jenkins can't play everywhere. The rest are basically just guys. Number five, we only have number uh, one wide receiver and one tight end who can reliably get open. Mercedes Lewis will be cut by 31 teams. EQ plays soft. He says, look, we have some terrific talent, too, but the holes in this roster are gaping. Goode has done well patching up Ted's disaster, but now we're in a bad cap shape uh, starting next year's Super Bowl. I don't see it. I mostly agree with everything except the conclusion that this means the team isn't very good. Are there holes? Yes. Was there a mess? Yes. The team was a disaster. Did Gutekunst do his best to try to patch it up? Yes. I think he's doing a very good job of patching it up. I disagree largely with the fact that this team can't compete. And again, what it comes back to is the idea, and, and I'm going to keep harping on this, we refuse to look at other teams. Everybody has holes. Everybody has weaknesses. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. Every single one of these teams has massive deficiencies. I talked two years ago about the Chiefs and how I just didn't think their defense was very good at all, and it really wasn't. They got the job done with what they had, but based on the personnel, there, wasn't, there were not two guys on that team that I thought were real elite players. And, and if the name of the game is the first team to make a perfect roster wins a Super Bowl, I don't think there would ever have been a Super Bowl. If you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on their defense, do you know how many guys they have with an 80-grade or higher? One. Vita Vea, that's it. They got a bunch of names. And I listen, I understand. And, and that's part of I. You can perform well without having elite players. The defensive coordinator did a great job of putting guys in a situation to succeed. I don't know exactly what it was, if it was the stunts and twists, if it was just the, a great scheme of you know playing the right thing at the right time and just outsmarting the offense. I don't know what it is. I'm just telling you, these guys did not grade out all that well. They got a lot of names, like Ndamukong Sue and uh, Golston. You know where they ranked along the defensive line last year? 68th and 71st. Shaq Barrett is a sack monster, but he would rank 22nd overall. Their corners are ranked 46th and 68th. Levante David is phenomenal, 78.8 overall grade, but a great football player and fourth of all linebackers. Devin White, 62nd, he's terrible. And their safeties were 26th and 35th, and the, the defense was the strong point. Their best wide receiver ranked 16th and is a violent psychopath. Gronkowski was 16th. He's old and over the hill. Their running back ranked 52nd. Their left tackle, you talked about Bakhtiari being banged up. Their left tackle, Smith, is 35th. So, similarly, they got some great players. Brady was 2nd. Werfs is 9th. Uh, Marpet at uh, guard is 7th. Vea 4th. David, 4th. They got some top tier talent, but they're not. They're so far from perfect, it's silly. And yet Tampa Bay fans, although they just won a Super Bowl and they're actually celebrating their team, could easily look at the Packers and say, we can't stack up because we don't have that lockdown corner like Jair. We don't have those top tier pass rushers like the Packers have. We don't have that, those dominant offensive linemen like the Packers have. We don't have a number one offensive tackle. We don't have a running back duo like the Packers. We don't have a number one wide receiver like the Packers. They didn't say that. They just won a Super Bowl. The Chiefs are are exactly what you described. They're a team with some real good pieces. Mahomes was ranked fourth. Travis Kelsey, number one tight end. Um, Jones, the defensive tackle, was ranked second. Hill was actually ranked 14th, but he obviously is a good football player. Tyreek, I mean, um, ranked 14th, but is is obviously a good football player. But what else? Highest-graded offensive lineman is 77th. That's Brown, who just came over from Baltimore, 25th-ranked tackle in football. Who's our wide receiver outside of Tyreek Hill? Not one inside the top 100. Pringle and Robinson. Those are their other two wide receivers, Pringle and Robinson. 107th and 104th. Cornerbacks are ranked 33rd. That's Sneed. If you don't know his first name, exactly. Um, 51st Ward and 76th Parks. I don't even know who Parks is. Tyron Matthew, who everyone thinks is elite, was ranked 36th. Sorensen was ranked 86th, Uh, Hitchens, their linebacker, was ranked 58th, Bolton they just drafted because their linebackers are not good, Clark, who everyone has been praising since forever, um, had a 54 overall grade, the guy's had basically two pretty decent years in his entire career, ranked 92nd of all uh, edge rushers, Um, their other edge rusher, Michael Dana, who was a 5th round rookie last year, ranked 62nd, not good, but still better than Clark and then Derek um, uh, Nadi, who's next to Jones, ranked 26th. Talk about holes. They don't, they don't have corners. They don't have linebackers. They got a decent safety. They have one wide receiver, a good but not great offensive line. It's, there's, there's problems. How do you win a Super Bowl with no corners and no pass rushers? Bill's defensive line is not good. Their offensive line, they got two tackles, but the interior is a mess. Tredavious White, everybody loves. He was ranked 31st last year. Hyde and Poyer, the safeties, also get tons of acclaim. 21st is the highest any of the, either of those two ranked. That was Poyer. Hyde was 25th. It's a good football team, but they got holes. And they got basically just two really elite players, and that's Allen and Diggs. That's it. Tredavious White had one elite year, and that was his rookie year. He was 5th that year. After that, he was 88th, 16th, and 31st. It's not about the perfect team. It's not about not having holes. There's never been a team that didn't have holes. It's about overcoming them. And the biggest evidence of that is is why did the Packers win any games? Forget the fact that they won 13 games. Why did they win any? Because despite the holes, they're still better than everybody else or, or at least can can compete with anybody on the field. I understand they lost. They did lose to Tampa. That sucks. And I've mentioned it before. It's, it's unfortunate that basically the last two years there's been one team in the NFL, they couldn't compete with. In Two years ago, in 2019, it was the 49ers. Who did they face in the NFC Championship game, the 49ers? In 2020, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who did they face? It was the Buccaneers. Had the dice fallen any other way, the Packers could have had back-to-back Super Bowls. Maybe not as much in 2019, but absolutely in 2020. That team was ready to roll. And I think they would have. So, they are good enough. I understand you disagree. And, and look, it... it They're not good enough to guarantee a Super Bowl, but again, please try to keep in context the entirety of the NFL. No team is perfect. Every team has deficiencies. Anyways, it's getting a little late. I'm going to take a break right here. Please do not forget about um, the Palmer home that I had mentioned. It would be great if you could make a donation. I did myself try to make one, and I understand it's a little bit more complicated. It's not like an easy PayPal checkout. You need to have a card or something on file, which... It takes a little bit extra, but it is going to a fantastic cause. Uh, There are links on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all the Facebook groups. Just click the link, and then over to the right, you'll see Donate. And I'm not making any promises, but if we maybe get a little bit more support, it's possible I could get Malcolm on the podcast. I'm just saying. But again, most importantly, it's going to help children in need. So uh, check that out. And if you want to, just reach out to me, and I will get you hooked up with that. But uh, why don't we take a quick break? We'll be back. We'll talk about some more stuff. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line so kind of following in a similar vein uh ben asked me he says being from minnesota all i hear about is how good the vikings defense is can you help give me some stats and numbers that they are wrong and it's just a bunch of names or is this defense going to be that good It's hard to know without the context of what exactly they're saying. I've been saying, I think, that they've got a shot at being a pretty good football team. Um, But if they're pumping themselves up the way I'm assuming that they are and the way that I'm assuming Ben, just based on the distress (laughs) coming from this message, they're way overhyped. And having dealt with uh, one of the more joyful things that happened last year But um, really going in depth on why Yannick Ngakwe is just not a very good football player and listening to Vikings fans lose their mind and talk about how great he is and how great all this stuff is when the guy is just not a good football player, as everyone came around to eventually, I have a feeling that Vikings fans are a little over the top. So look, and and again, I've talked about it, I, I I like the team as a whole. Certainly not perfect. Um, I think you could probably rank several teams in front of the Packers and, or excuse me, in front of the Vikings, including the Packers. But there are things to like. Uh, Again, Kendricks did repeat, so he's at back-to-back years of being a top linebacker. That's pretty important. Um, Daniel Hunter coming back is obviously going to make a massive impact. Tomlinson and Pierce on the inside gives them a formidable run defense, and Harrison Smith is still seemingly a pretty good safety uh, in the NFL. So. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of reason to believe that they're a good football team on top of the fact that I think their offensive line is getting better. Justin Jefferson was incredible. Thielen has still got it going on. Cousins, I think is underrated and Cook is a top running back. The problem is again, like every other team, the holes. And I think there's probably more holes than, than a lot of Vikings fans, similar to most fan bases, but a lot of them probably don't want to admit. And, um, there are some serious issues here. So let's just start in the middle and work our way around. Number one, Pearson Tomlinson, I like. However, you're not getting much by way of pass rush from these guys. They are they are big, fat run defenders. And there I go running my mouth about people that would just smash me. But it's just it's just what they are. On top of that, you got to remember Michael Pierce. He played for Baltimore through 20. He's an undrafted free agent. I'm not. And this, I'm I'm gonna be just completely honest. I'm not just trying to be biased and and say things that are ridiculous. I, I'm I'm just trying to really analyze what this is because, and and a big part of the reason I do this is because I've seen the ebbs and flows and the swings and sometimes guys are really good and then just suddenly they drop off or they're really bad and suddenly they jump up. Michael Pierce is 28 going on 29. He was an undrafted free agent. He had three really good years almost entirely as a run defender. 2019, he fell off the planet. The Baltimore Ravens let him go. One of the top run defenders in football they let him go. Also worth noting, he was not a full-time guy, probably because he's 340 pounds, so he's rotational, but that's still the same for you as well. He's not going to be an every-down guy. He's going to be sitting on the bench as much as he's going to be on the field. But it's worth noting, in 2019, he fell off, and then in 2020, he didn't play. So he has not been a dominant run defender since 2018. So although I think he's going to bolster your, your defensive line, you also have to keep in mind that it, it was just, what, two years ago, you guys had Daniil Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Linval Joseph. Daniil Hunter, very good football player. Everson Griffin was pretty dominant for a while, and Linval Joseph was a very good defensive lineman that also could bring some pass rush. So if that wasn't enough to get you there, the question is, is this better or not? And I'm telling you, it's not. Michael Pierce has had 70 pressures in four years. That's like Zadarius Smith in one year. He's had five sacks in his entire career. He's just a run defender. He's a third and two defensive tackle. Tomlinson is similar in a lot of ways. He's a little smaller. You might get a a hair more pass rush. Um, 27 years old. He was a second round pick. He's never really had the peak that Pierce has had. And his peak was, unfortunately for him, as a rookie for the Giants, 81 overall grade, But similarly, in four years, he's had 73 pressures. He has had nine sacks, eight of which came in the last two years. So that's been something that he's improved. But he's he's very largely a run defender. And something else to keep in mind is that they're changing what team they're going to. As much as the Giants have been a joke, their defensive line has been really, really impressive. And Baltimore's had a really, really impressive defensive line as well. There's no guarantee they're going to carry that over. It's also worth noting, again, in 2020, Tomlinson had his worst year overall ever, and that's despite having his best pass rush year ever. His last two years, he's had bad tackling grades, so they're good run defenders. But that's it, and there's no guarantee they're going to stay at that peak level. At best, you're getting uh, Dalvin Tomlinson at maybe like an 80 overall run defense, Pierce similarly like an 80 or an 85 overall run defense, which is great. doesn't provide any pass rush for you, but it's it's going to help stop the run, unless we're talking about to the outside, which is what the Packers do. But, you know, anything up the middle might struggle with. Then you've got Deniel. I like Daniil. Um, But it is worth asking some questions, because, listen, I said the same thing about Zedarius. Zedarius was a good football player, and then he completely broke out the same year Deniel did, and those two were basically one and two. They were dominant, dominant, dominant. I said, very good chance Zedarius drops off, and he did. Statistically, it wasn't even close. Um, Daniel was was the same. His grades over his five years, 70, 77, 78, 77, 89. Which one is the anomaly? Which one doesn't belong? It's the 89. Now, I said the same thing about Kendricks, and he maintained it, and listen, maybe you know, he's only 26, he had his big breakout, and now he's going to be dominant forever. It's possible. But having stared at PFF grades for years... Um, in looking at the trends and whatnot, I would say it's slightly more likely that he regresses a tad and goes back to his 78-79 range than it is that he stays at 90 for the next five, six, seven years. I don't know. Either way, the defensive line I still don't think is quite as good as, as you guys have had in the past with Joseph and Griffin and Hunter. Again, Kendricks is solid, Anthony Barr is a joke. And I don't know if you guys know that, and just we don't talk about it, or if you're in denial. I'm not exactly sure where you're at, but Anthony Barr is kind of a joke. His grades over his career, 70, 90, 50, 63, 70, 56, and 47 this past year. He's he's a non-factor. He's a complete joke. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention Weatherly, but if you think Weatherly means anything at all, you're out of your mind. Weatherly is a former uh, Minnesota Viking that uh, he's an edge rusher. He was a seventh-round pick. He played for the Vikings for three years, never really did anything for the Vikings, got his first kind of legitimate shot in year three, ended up with 27 pressures, three sacks. Um, Then in year four, sorry, did I say he played three years? He played four years. He had 31 pressures, five sacks. Then he went to Carolina for a year, was terrible, and is coming back. His last two years, his tackling grades have been in the 30s. His pass rush grades have been in the 50s. His run defense grades have been in the low 50s. His overall defensive grades the last two years, 48 and 53. Um, he had 12 pressures and zero sacks last year for, for Carolina. This is irrelevant. So you've got one good pass rusher on this entire front. That's excluding your linebackers, obviously. And really by linebackers, I think I just mean Bar because I don't think Hendricks really does all that well. Um then you get to the corners, and, and understand, I like your chances with this defense better, but I think you've had better defenses more recently, and, and obviously you've not won any Super Bowls, uh, you know, super recently. But, you know, at corner, I have a feeling, again, a lot of Vikings fans are pumping up all these big names you went out and got, like Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson ranked 83rd in the NFL last year. His last real good year was in 2018. In the last one, two, three, four years, he's had one good year, and that was in 2018. Patrick Peterson is 31 years old, man. Then you guys went out and got Bashad Breeland, who Packer fans are just obsessed with, and I don't really know why. I think because he went to the Chiefs and they won Super Bowls, and Bashad Breeland was probably their best corner, but that's not because Bashad is is awesome. It's because their corners are trash. Um, His PFF grades since 2014, 48, 74, 60, 68, 58, 55, and 62. The only time he's ever had a good grade ever as a corner was in 2015 with a 74 overall grade. You've got Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith has got this weird thing where he has one elite year and then one good year. He's been doing that since 2015. Um, But 85, 75, 92, 79, 88, 74. So this is supposed to be his his big year where he does two in a row. But again, he's 32 years old. So at some point, he's just going to stay at the 70s, and instead of, you know, 70s to 80s, it's going to be 70s to 60s to 70s to 50s to six, you know, and it's just until he goes away. And age is a problem. Who are the real, young, talented guys that have come in to fix things? You had a bunch of corners. Where are they? Oh, they're not starting. They're being replaced by old guys. Who's, who's the young safety coming in to replace the, these dominant safeties you had in the past? Oh, they, they don't exist? Oh, Okay. Who's replacing 29-year-old Eric Hendricks and 29-year-old Anthony Barr? You've you've got Daniil Hunter. That was a hit. Third round. You nailed it. Well done. 2015. Good job. Who else? So, again, Tomlinson and Pierce, nice. Hunter's back. Cool. Kendricks, Roland. Great. Smith, probably going to be solid. There are a lot better defenses than this. I think the biggest reason that I've been saying I like the Vikings is because the offense was really doing a good job with Cousins and Cook and Thielen and Jefferson. Um, the offensive line is improving, and now you're going to have the defense to complement it, but it's not that this is the number one or even a top five defense. I just, I it, you know, it, it could be so, same way that Tampa Bay has because you got a head coach that's a defensive genius or whatever we want to say that he is, and he pulls it off, and, and cool, but... Um, I'm with you if the point is that the Vikings' defense is going to improve from last year. Yeah, 100%. I don't know 100%, but I 100% agree. If what we're saying is this is going to be a dominant defense and they're going to run the north and it's going to be this big just slaughter and they're going to destroy everybody because this massive powerhouse of a defense that has one pass rusher, one linebacker, one safety, and no corners, I don't know. I don't think I'm on board with that. I mean, I don't know that Daniil Hunter is going to be better than Zedarius, and I do know that Rashawn and Preston are better than Weatherly, and I know Kenny Clark is a better uh, interior guy than Pearson Tomlinson. I know we have better corners than you have. I know we have better safeties than you have. The only thing you've got on the Packers' defense is Kendricks. So, you know, again, if, if we're going to be cool about this, I'll show you some respect, but if you're going to be ridiculous, I'm just going to laugh at you. If you want to say, Cook, you got a better running back, all right, fine, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's going to stay that way because the Packers got a pretty good duo and a better offensive line and whatnot. But yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, give, I'll grant you that. Got a better wide receiver duo, for sure, because you got two and we have one, assuming that Amari Rodgers doesn't really pop off. Better tight end? Eh. No. Better quarterback? No. So, you know, I mean, kudos to you. I think you're going to be a good football team. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Vikings are always tough to play, especially, especially the offense. That's the thing that scares me the most. But uh, let us I'm just saying, let's not get ridiculous. The only guy last year that was a top 10 player on, in the NFL on your defense was Kendricks, who was third. Hunter didn't play. Pierce didn't play. Tomlinson was 25th. Smith was 14th. Your corners were 57th and 83rd. Weatherly was 94th. Woods, your other safety, was 56th. It's just, it's not, it's not great. And, and again, the bigger issue, it's not even, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm not so much worried about this defense isn't going to be good enough. It will be. It's, it's plenty good enough to win football games, to win in the postseason, to do what you got to do. It, it's good enough, per, per, assuming that the corners aren't just horrible, but I think they'll be able to figure something out. Peterson could easily have a bounce back, and Breland, we know, is a serviceable corner. My biggest concern is the Vikings' inability to find talent in the draft. Jefferson obviously was just knocked it out of the park, and we'll see what Dara is, but I just see the defense getting older and slower and, and just deteriorating, and you're spending all your time trying to find offensive pieces, and what have we done? Bradbury was ranked 25th, right? You've got that other tackle guard guy that I don't even know if he's going to play. What are, what are we doing? Where Where is the other complimentary pass rusher to Hunter? Where are the linebackers? Where are the corners? Where are the safeties? Where, where, where is where is the rest of this team? And for all the Packer fans complaining about the Packers' inability to draft, give me a break. Because the, the fact of the matter is it's hard to find talent. I'm giving Vikings fans a hard time. This is normal to take swings and be like, no, nope, we're going to roll with the same guys because the guys we have who are 35 years old are still better than these young guys we're drafting. So... Ben, I guess just take it for what it's worth. Um, if they're saying, I think the Vikings, you know, our team or whatever is going to be a better defense, then I'd, I would just agree with them. Um, depending on how cocky they want to be about it, you can probably just smack them in the mouth a little bit because it's, it's, it's going to be better. I could easily pick out a handful of teams that should have better defenses, including the Packers. And that's a should. The Packers have a real hard time taking the talent they have and making it into a serviceable unit, but should be number one corner in football. Just drafted Eric Stokes to be the number two corner. Zadarius, Rashawn, Preston, Kenny, Amos, and Savage were, you know, at least in the second half of the year, the best safety duo in football. There's no reason it shouldn't be the best, one of the best defenses in football and clearly better than the Vikings. It's not to say they won't be, but they should be. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.